Hi, and welcome to this edition of the Redheaded Preacher podcast. I am the Redheaded Preacher, Richard Lanford. I'm the pastor at St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie. We're an open and affirming congregation in the United Church of Christ. The message for uh, Sunday, February 7th, is called Three Things About Service. And it's inspired by the fact that this Sunday is the Sunday after our annual meeting was held. And those who were elected or re-elected to positions as officers or board members of our congregation are installed. And so, though it has to be done virtually, because we're still not worshiping in person, uh, after spending a lot of time with the Isaiah 40 passage, to, that's a 20, 21 through 31, I think, Isaiah, and it's a great passage. I wanted to preach on that, but then, as I said in the beginning of the sermon, I reread the gospel, and I knew that uh, thinking about what was going on, in this case, the installation, I had to tackle that and uh, plumb its depths a little bit, keeping it basic and also brief. But I hope you uh, find meaning in it as I lift up three things about service, as in Christian service, but it's not always overtly Christian, but as Christians when we serve and how we serve. So our lector is Annie Nortz. The scriptures are Isaiah 40. I think it's verses 21 through 31. And Mark chapter 1 verses, uh, it's 29 through 39. I don't have it in front of me, but Annie will tell you what it is. And um, thank you for tuning in. And here we go. Isaiah is our first reading, chapter 40, verses 21 through 31. Isaiah is speaking to the people of Israel in exile in Babylon sometime in the 700s B.C. The Lord challenges their weakening faith and reminds them of who God is and what God can do. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is God who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to live in, who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows upon them and they wither, and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see. Who created these? Who would bring out their hosts and numbers them, calling them all by name? Because he is great in strength, mighty in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. 
But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This ends the reading from Isaiah. Our second reading is also our gospel lesson. It's Mark chapter 1, verses 29 through 39. Last Sunday, Jesus cast unclean spirits out of a man in a synagogue and really made an impression on people. Our story picks up right after that. We are in the town of Capernaum of Galilee. As soon as Jesus and the disciples left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons. And the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place. And there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for them. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. Here ends the reading of the Gospel lesson and our scriptures for this morning's service. Thanks be to God for this, the word of the God of life, for the life of the people of God. In preparation, and I've mentioned this in the past, it helps me to write down stuff that's going on around us. For example, this time I wrote down communion, Super Bowl, installation slash covenant, coal. I'll follow this up with my initial and strong desire to preach on the Isaiah passage. Like some of you, I'm sure, this chapter and especially the closing verses have always been important to me. I still remember when I was a student at Bethel College and I was in the cast of Anton Chekhov's The Three Sisters. When it was my turn to lead cast devotion, I chose the end of Isaiah 40 to encourage us students, since finals and play performances were pretty close. Not only do I have affection for the messages of Isaiah 40, I found some really good insights from commentators about it, which I wanted to share with you. In fact, I had barely looked at Mark. And then almost, almost out of obligation, I looked again, and I knew I had to mind it. Remember the words I jotted down for what's going on? Yeah. Installation. A celebration and affirmation of Christian volunteer service calls for today's Mark passage, not that Isaiah 40 still does not offer real encouragement, for servants as well, because it does. But I have to be brief this morning, 
So only one passage, and that's Mark. We heard Annie read, As soon as Jesus and the disciples left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever. They told Jesus about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. I confess that I have read this story with some joking cynicism. Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law, and what does she do? Evidently fix them a meal or something along those lines. It's almost like she is healed so she can serve them. Jesus, we're really hungry, so why don't you fix Pete's wife's mom so she can take care of us? Well, for those who care about equality between the sexes, this is kind of a nightmare interpretation. It's a simple story of a miracle healing, which also tells us that Peter was married and that Andrew, his brother, was living with his brother's mother-in-law. These disciples had families. The story does grant you and me the first of three things about service. Peter's mother-in-law was healed. And let's say, out of gratitude, she began to serve them. Gifts of grace, blessings from above and usually through others, come undeserved, and we are so thankful. Stewardship is one response to our receiving a miracle from Christ. We respond with generous and sometimes even sacrificial giving. Service is one of the ways we give back in grateful response to what God has done for us or for our loved ones. Speaking about installations, has there been a time when you've been approached by someone at St. Peter's or another church that you were with, with a request for your time, resources, or both? When you were asked, to join a board or take on an office, and it's out of gratitude to God that you are moved to accept. If so, then you have a sister in Peter's mother-in-law. Sometimes we serve out of a grateful heart. Here's the second thing about service. In the morning, while it was still very dark, Jesus got up and went out to a deserted place there he prayed. Serving others, including your family, takes a lot out of people. Even those who we experience as energizer bunnies go to bed, crash into a nap nobody else sees, or take a long vacation if they can get it. Jesus not only did things like exorcisms and healings, he was giving of himself. This was not Jesus on automatic pilot. He gave of himself. And when you are invested in service like that, it does take something out of you. Yes, he was and is the son of God. Yes, I believe he experienced the truth of Isaiah 40, 31, that those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. So he made time to be a part 
waiting for the Lord, and be in connection with God, the Creator. He took time to renew, however briefly, because he needed to, and you servants also need to. It's not easy. We heard how Jesus was praying, and the disciples, quote, hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is searching for you. Well, we all have our limits. Even as with God, all things are possible. Jesus hardly caught much of a break here. We do not know how long he got to be away in prayer. But all the more for us to pay attention that he made the time to re-energize his mind and soul. He took time to pray and time away. Servants also need to take time away and pray. Sometimes that requires the setting of some clear boundaries. In Thursday's Zoom meeting of my clergy continuing community of practice, the pastor of one of our Elmhurst UCC churches said with her sabbatical on hold indefinitely, maybe it's a year or so, she still needed to figure out when to take some vacation. And I told her, as one who just set aside some carryover vacation time for a mini vacation starting tomorrow, that she needed to sit down, figure out a time, and take it. Because there will always be a need to respond to or a commitment to fulfill. And if we do not manage our time, someone else will. Words to that effect. Meaning if you don't set aside some time away, you may not get it. Well, I hope my urging helps her get over the hump of selecting some time off because clergy and lay alike need that prayer and time away. Servants need time to be refreshed, including those whom we install shortly. Third, our service is not always just about us and ours. Jesus took care of many in Capernaum Saturday night, and when on Sunday, when he was away praying, the disciples who had been hunting for him said, basically, we've got more work here to do. You know what Jesus answered. Let us go on to neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also. For that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee. Service often takes us where we do not expect, in unfamiliar places. Out of our comfort zones, where we hopefully learn new stuff, maybe meet, meet some new people, and put our faith and love to the test in different circumstances and different places. When our trustees were installed a year ago, the virus had not yet affected us, and no one was dreaming about live streaming then, as far as I know. Yet the trustees were called on to help set up what we needed for recording and live streaming, especially later last year in preparation for now. Purchases were made, cables, cable was run, things were checked, etc. And this, by the way, helped us reach more and more people beyond the friends and members of this congregation. 
the deacons and elders expected and prepared for a year of Sundays with communion prep, sanctuary prep, and candle digging, etc. But that stopped after March 15th. Service can take you and me beyond the expected, the comfortable and familiar. But then again, as hard, as hard, and as straining as this has been for those installed and for all of us, it is a way we learn and grow and grow weary. So we go back to taking that time to be restored by God. St. Peter's as a whole knows all about reaching out and mission work beyond our own Capernaum or our own church's needs. As I like to quote Bonhoeffer, writing that, as, that Jesus Christ was the man for others, therefore we, the body of Christ on earth, are to be the people or the church for others. Service, then, for officers and board members, Sunday school teachers, guild members, committee members, staff, and all of the rest of you who contribute to the many ministries and outreaches of this congregation, you know and show it is not all about us. And it's not all about our neighborhood, our village, our normal surroundings, and people like us. It's also about others beyond these walls and circles of the familiar. Service is all about those who need it. And it is our great privilege and high honor to be servants of Jesus Christ. So, three things about service. Let us respond to God's grace thankfully with service. Let us take time apart for prayer and renewal because an empty well does not provide any water for anyone. Let us remember, service is not just about us and ours, but we have to go throughout Galilee, so to speak. And that's good news. Amen. That does it for this week's edition of the podcast of The Red-Headed Preacher, I'm grateful for everyone who tunes in to listen whenever you do. I hope you are upbuilt by what you have heard, both in the scriptures and in the message, because that's why we're sharing these messages on the, in the hope that uh, they will help build others up, uh, because edifying the church, uh, which is a term that Paul uses, is what we're about. And so we're grateful for those of you who, who listen And we pray that you are built up for the living of these days, for the help, strength, comfort, guidance, wisdom, and grace that all of us need. May God bless your week. We'll see you next time. It's Transfiguration Sunday, February 14th.